Hi everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next free online business assessment, enabling you to pinpoint what your business needs you to fix next. Business tips to help you level up and scale up. everyone it's Simon here from Sterling Coaching and welcome to this podcast episode of the Business Success and Coffee podcast in which I'm joined by Judy of Little Egg Publishing Company and Judy was born in Budapest in Hungary and grew up in Montreal Canada and Judy is an award-winning author of several children's titles such as and I love these titles Judy last night I had a laugh mare and What's Your Birthday Wish? Her expanding series of fun, funny stories are set in the magical land of, I've got to get this uh, pronounced right, Giggleville? Is that right? Giggleville? Giggleville, yeah. Yeah, Giggleville. Great. Yeah. So uh, her books are often described as Walt Disney meets Dr. Seuss and have managed to capture the imagination of children everywhere. Um, she spent many happy years as a kindergarten teacher and found this age group so inspiring and refreshing that many of her stories have emerged from actual classroom situations. The very unhappy visitor is sure to spark some interesting conversations about owning your own happiness. Uh, Judy has spent more than 25 years in education. Her experience ranging from a decade in the classroom to curriculum development, adult education and school administration. She's an award-winning author, as I've said, community leader and philanthropist. Her most recent, um, I think it says here, YA adult books. I'll yes, ask young you, adult. Young, young adult. adult. Okay, yes. young adult and adult <laughs> books. Uh, Choices in 2018 and Hidden Pearl 2019. And both of those have won book awards. So well done. You're now the author of seven books, several amongst them uh, winning book awards and raised in Canada you now live in the southwest with your husband and son. Welcome to today's podcast. And it's great to have such a, a renowned and established author. So thank you for giving up your time to spend with me and the listeners today. Thank you so much, Simon, for inviting me. Let's talk Happy about Yeah, let's talk about what you're drinking. Let's talk about the the coffee that you've been drinking. I know you said just before we we started recording that you know you're a keen coffee drinker, and you mentioned am, espresso. Yeah, T- tell me about the the coffee that you're drinking. Yeah, that right I've been drinking. Yeah, tell me about the coffee you're drinking. So right now I'm drinking a cup of wonderful Nespresso coffee. I'm okay. I have one of those lovely Nespresso machines that uh, that joins me every morning. Um, <laughs> and I I absolutely love uh, the Colombia coffee that they have in the Nespresso. And also I usually add a little bit of the vanilla cup. There's a vanilla flavor. So I do kind of a combo, you know? Um, Is that the the vanilla pod? Yeah, is that the vanilla vanilla pod that you use on the Nespresso? Yeah, The vanilla pod along with one of the uh, Columbia coffee other and then I have that lovely froth milk on top yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, it's my it's my go-to drink for sure great and I, I've, I've never actually 
you know, I put, I sometimes put vanilla uh, syrup in, in my coffee or caramel. I've never thought about combining two of the pods. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah, as I say, I've never really thought about joining the two pods together. You know, I've got the some of the vanilla pods, but I usually have them on their own. I never think about putting the two pods together. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah, it's delicious. It's, uh, and then we, we also have, since I am such a big coffee drinker, we also have a jury, J-U-R-I machine, which uh, you put ground, you put uh, coffee beans in. And again, yeah. I usually go for the Columbia coffee. I just happen to like the flavor and it crushes the bean, get a fresh cup of coffee each time. It's um, delicious, delicious. Yeah. So as I say, I'm, I can't get up without my cup of coffee. <laughs> So what, what is it about the Colombian beans then that you like? What, what are the distinctive flavors and the taste that you like from that coffee? Uh, you know, I think it's a smooth, it's very smooth and rich uh, coffee flavor, uh, as opposed to some of the others that might be a little bit bitter. You know, I've, yeah. ha I've you know, tried a variety of bitter aftertaste, but the Colombia coffee seemed to really, um, you know, they're a lot smoother. Yeah. And, and then again, added with the flavor is really nice. Yeah. So do you drink the same coffee throughout the day or do you have a favorite coffee for a particular favorite moment of the day? Yes. And as I say, being the coffee drinker, I, uh, I have hot coffee in the morning. I always have a cup of uh, hot coffee with the foamed milk. And uh, then in the afternoon, I'll have an iced coffee. So in that that time I'll take one of those. I don't know if you've ever had those canned coffees, like Illy. Illy no, has a canned coffee. No, I've never tried them. Yeah, they're delicious. So that I do just a black coffee, like one of those canned coffees. I put it over a glass of ice and a little bit of, you know, almond milk. Um, yeah. and it's delicious. And of course, you're in Arizona, so you know, I'm sat here where tonight it's going to be below freezing and you're in Arizona where it's 97 degrees. So I can understand why you have the iced coffee in the afternoon. That would be uh, a little bit too cold for me. Yes. Yes. No, we had, we're in the nineties now here in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. We're so very, yes, that afternoon iced coffee is wonderful. Yeah. We're very jealous, particularly where I'm sat right now. And I'm just looking outside and as I've started talking to you, it's absolutely lashing it down with rain now as well. It's windy. It's rainy, it's cold. Listeners, I don't know where you are in the world, but yeah, it doesn't look very inviting out there. 97 degrees in an iced coffee sounds much more inviting in Arizona, I must admit. Right, 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 right. So tell us a little bit more about your journey as an author. You know, how, how did that come about? What's your passion for writing? I know you said the, the classroom antics have been your inspiration, but what turned you into an author? Um, so question, um, I was teaching for many years and loved children's books. So I always thought one day when I stopped teaching that I might do some writing. I've always enjoyed writing as a student in school, I loved poetry. I loved rhyming poetry. I was a fan of Dr. Seuss. Um, that, that sort of was always in the back of my mind. Um, then something happened to me or my family that kind of started the journey. So my dad passed away. Uh, now it's over 30 years ago. So um, my niece happened to be young. I had a five-year-old niece and she was having a difficult time as all of us were. 
And I thought, well, you know what? I'll, I'll go find a book. Because as a teacher, that's sort of something that I'd often do is I would often look for a book yeah. um, that would deal with a difficult question and then be able to talk to children using the story. So I looked and at that time, there were no books at all about, an adult, about a person dying. There were books about the seasons changing. There were books about a pet dying. Uh, and that kind of thing. But there was nothing about a person dying. So I thought, this is something I think that many families might need, and we certainly did need. So I thought I would write about my niece or our family and the things we did together. And so that she'd have kind of a little bit of a memory book, in a sense, you know, what she did with her grandfather. So the story is about a little girl and her grandfather and um, it goes through the stages of grief. So it goes through starting with where you're, you're angry, like where, where are they? And um, to then wondering, where is it that they go? You know, when people die, where do they go? And again, a very, um, very difficult subject for adults. So certainly a very difficult subject for children. It's very abstract. There's no way for us to see anyone who died. There's no way to us to know really where they go. So um, the story journeys the child through sort of the grief, the, the different stages of grief, until at the end, they kind of accept the fact that the person's gone. But one of the things that I leave the reader with or the family with is that you always have their memories. You know, as long as you yeah. have good memories of that person, they're not really gone. They're gone physically and see them, but you always feel them in your heart. So it's so I talk about it as a difficult subject, a, a, a good story, but a difficult subject. So it um, it gives the child that warm feeling of uh, that they can they're OK with all of those feelings that they had and that they can think about that person that died and they can think about those memories. And that will be very warming and very helpful. So it helped us as a family. And I wrote it originally really for just our family thinking, you know, it'd be nice to have a book and it'd be yeah. nice to have a story, a, you know, a nice little story about your grandfather dying. And then what happened was the story was written and uh, somehow I came across something that uh, they had asked for submissions for a poetry contest. So I entered the story because it wasn't a book yet at that point. It was just a story, just a written yeah. story. And it was out of New York City. And the poem won the Golden Poet Award. Ah, well so, done. Yes, thank you very much. So we ended up going to New York and we got the award. And it was a very, it was quite a star-studded event. There was lots of different celebrities there who had a wow. entered contest. And, um, and, you know, this was kind of a, a, new, a new thing for me. Uh, but I, so it seems that not only my family would benefit from a story like this, but perhaps other families. So that's kind of what I decided to go ahead and publish. But that began a whole other journey as, you know, publishing is not that easy. I think, you know, as, as far as a new author uh, and an unknown author and not a celebrity, that it's very difficult to get published. So I did find a publisher, one of the large publishers, and um, when they said, yes, we're really interested in the subject, we'd love to publish, publish your book. Uh, please send the manuscript. Uh, I asked them, which I don't even remember why I asked them, but a good thing that I did, I said to them, could you send me some of the things that you do? Can you send me some of the work that you do publish so I could see 
what my book would look like. Yeah. And, you know, that was more important than I thought. And they had a book with um, not at all what I was thinking of. They sent back kind of a book that was much less quality than I was hoping to have it in. Okay. And I said, you know what? The only way I'm going to have any say over, you know, what kind of colors they use, what kind of illustrations they are, what kind of, uh, you know, they they wanted to publish in a soft cover. And I really felt that with seven-year-old age group, it was important to have a cover book rather than a soft cover. So I published in hardcover. So I then decided to explore the whole area of self-publishing and realized that I could actually self-publish. It was the very, very beginning of the whole publishing industry. And um, I just sort of read up on it. I asked people about it. I had some mentors that I, that, you know, that I went to and asked them for help. And that began really the publishing company. So the publishing company is Little Egg Publishing. My maiden name is Egette, which is like Little Egg. Gotcha. Okay. Kind of where the, the name comes from. I thought that would be a great name for a kids publishing company. Yep. Um, yeah. And it, it has developed since then. And uh, the publishing industry has come with the, you know, with computers and internet and, and digital printing. And I really started with the old fashioned printing presses. And yeah. I worked with companies that had the big presses and they'd send me sort of the two color and then the four color. Um, And then I subsequently went into classrooms and I would talk to the kids. I would talk to, I would do their visits and I would talk to them about the whole of, uh, of publishing a book of what goes into it and uh, how long it takes and those kinds of things. So, yeah. So I would say I started with actually a personal experience, which I, I think having talked to other authors, Often that is the beginning yeah. of what starts you, something that's your need. Yeah. And uh, I think there's a couple of things that have, have come out of that that I was thinking of as you were talking. The first one is I need to ask how long has the publishing company been going? Because, you know, if you're talking about presses and two colours, uh, just tell the listeners how long the publishing company has been going. So it did uh, 34 years ago. Uh, But then I took a huge break because I had a young child and uh, I wanted to spend time with him. Uh, So it started the actual company 34 years ago. I published the first book, which is the Where Did Papa Go book, which then um, the Washington Holocaust Museum picked up for their store. And it was also on the recommended reading for uh, grieving children for national for the National yeah. Organization of Grieving Children. So that was really very exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so it started a long time ago, but I really then re- reinvigorated the uh, the publishing company about seven years ago. So it cool. sort of, it started 34 years ago, and then I took pretty much a 20-year yeah. <laughs> or a 15-year break. And- and you must have seen such a difference, as you say, in technology and the way that publishing had worked in those years. But I just want to just focus on what you said there about where the book's been, because as you were saying, you know, I've, unfortunately, I've got no children, um, but I know you know, my wife's a nanny. So she spends a lot of time reading books uh, to children. And 
it's amazing. I hear the stories of the parents that she works with, and a lot of parents avoid the hard topics because they don't know how to handle them. They don't know how to talk to their own children about those difficult adult topics. So I can see a book, you know, like you've mentioned, and, and obviously I'm sure the other books that you've got as well, being such an important tool, not just for the children to receive, but for the adults to use as well, because that is the answer to prayers of, you know, how do I talk to my child about yes. grieving? Yes. Well, yes. The, book, the book is a tool, isn't it? That's the way of doing it. Yes, absolutely. I always talk about the, that the, the books are a plat, all of the books, actually all seven of the books, honestly, are a platform for discussion. And yeah. you're absolutely right that the difficult subjects are difficult for adults and then difficult for children. So it's much easier to talk to a child about somebody else's difficulty. You know, the yeah. story provides you with a little bit of a, an objective view. You know, you're not talking about yourself, you're talking about someone else. So it's much easier to discuss a difficult topic when you can talk about someone else. So, you know, for instance, a family would going through any kind of situation or in anticipation of perhaps way might take out this book and read the story and say, you know, I wonder what's going on. I wonder how the family felt. You could have those discussions because they're not personal. Yeah. Yeah. And then when it does happen in your family, when it does happen in your family, you're able to pull the book out or you're able to read it then. And then you can sort of relate it to your own family and say, wow, I feel a little bit like that little girl. Do you, you know, do you have some of those feelings? Are you feeling some of that? Uh, are you angry because, you know, that person, those are very normal, natural feelings. And I think it's very important to be able to talk about it. Yeah. So I've got to ask a question, and it's a burning question. I'm not a writer. Sure. I, d I don't like writing particularly. I, I, I love talking, but, uh, you know, if I could just get some way to transcribe it, it would work so well for me. But when you're writing, Judy, do you start with the title and the topic matter and then write the book, or do you write the book and then create the title? I'm always intrigued with authors of where the titles does the title come before the book or does the book come before the title for you? You know, it's it, that again, not other great it's a combination of both so ah. uh for instance um you know the young adult book hidden pearl and that one i'm very proud to say won the gold medal award for young adult readers okay. um that one i actually had the title before the book because um it is about my mother-in-law who was a hidden child during the war and my mother-in-law's name is pearl so, wow. you know, when I was thinking about writing that book, I thought, wow, that would be such a great title because the reader wouldn't really know until they started to read the book what the hidden pearl was. Was it an actual pearl? Was it a person? Was it, you know? Love it. And so I had the, the, the title first. But uh, for instance, the other young adult book, Choices, which is my family story, uh, I wrote the story first, and then as I wrote the story, I thought, you know, I wonder what a good title for this would be. And all along through my writing process, I saw that it was a lot about choices. Each time I was writing a different piece of the story, it came to me that, you know what, they had to make this choice, and then these people had to make this choice, and then this had to happen for this to happen, and it's all about choices. And so... That became the title. Uh, the children's books, um, Where Did Papa Go, was kind of, you know, uh, almost yeah. a natural because of that was grief. 
the last night I had a laugh mare is a, a funny one. My husband turned to me and he said, okay, you are the craziest person because most people have nightmares, but you have a laugh mare. And that, that was it. yeah, that started my thought process of, well, what if, what if last night, how would that change your morning? And, you know, yeah. and can we give children laugh mares? You know, let's yeah. replace those bad nightmares with some laugh mares and create happy homes. So, uh, yeah, so uh, it's really a combination of the both. It depends on the story. Yeah. Uh, but both for me, both have happened. Yeah. And I think you've, you've given some of the listeners who are perhaps either um, thinking about writing a book or perhaps they're struggling with their first book, such a, a light relief there, because I think many people think they've got to choose a way and then stick to that way. You know, and I'm sure some people do have that common theme. But I think it's good to know that you can be flexible, you can adapt, and you adapt to the needs of the book or the needs of the story as well, don't you? So I've, thank you for giving all of us a little bit of flexibility in, in how we go about uh, right. being right. an author. A, I think that's very important. You know, it's a creative process, which means it's creative. And so yeah. there are no real rules in that sense, you know? However that creative process works for you, that's good. Yeah. And I'm going to write that down because I think that is something we forget. We try when we do something like this, we take something that is very creative to start off with. And then we try and put it into a framework or into a, uh, a structure, which then stifles that creativity, doesn't it? And I think we, we correct. You know, yes, yeah. correct. Creativity, no rules. I like that. That's great. Um, so thinking about your business and, you know, well done for, you know, for, for resurrecting the, and reviving the business after all that time, it must've been such a, a change, but thinking about the last seven years, because you know, that's an achievement in itself. What's been the, the thing that you have worked on or that is evolved. That's been most significant thing in the last few years. What's been, what's been a thing that you'd like to share with listeners, what you've done in your own business. So, you know, one of the things that, um, that, that then happened to me, and I'm sure happens to other people, is that you write a book and it wins an award, which you're really, you know, is thrilling in itself. But then it's about um, how do you distribute the book? What about distribution? How are people going to find it? How are you going to get it into anybody going to know that this book yeah. exists? So that was, again, you know, again, I talk about a lot that, you know, you really need to be creative in the whole process. You need to be creative. So I thought about how do I get the books out there? What can I do? And my first thought was to go to a book. A bookstore would be where you should sell books, right? Yeah, Doesn't that think, make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yes. So that would be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so the bookstore is probably the worst place for you to sell your book, especially as a new author, because you're now competing with thousands and thousands and thousands of other authors. Um, and how does anyone find your book since you're not famous, mm, gotcha. you're, they don't know what it exists. Uh, you're now sitting side by side with lots of books. So the reality is you need to find other avenues. Um, because I do a lot of philanthropy, any other area that I thought uh, that would be my books could be useful, and it would be a great way to distribute them. So I started a program in my company, where we match um, for-profit companies with non-profit companies. So I go to for-profit companies that I know that I have personal relationships with. And at the end of the year, they sometimes have extra money. I want to take uh, advantage of the, of the tax relief. 
and they're willing to support and they're more than happy to support children and reading so or literacy and yeah. so i go to them and they actually buy the books and they either tell me that they have a favorite charity that they would like me to send it to or i have a relationship with a few national organizations now and uh, i send the books to them so they get the tax write-off they buy the books yeah, and the organizations get the books for free yeah. so uh, one of the organizations actually I was talking about earlier is one of the organizations that received book UK and it was an organization called each and uh, it's for children that are, I believe it's like a hospice organization. It's for terminally ill children or very ill yeah. children. Um, I later learned that it was apparently, or it is apparently one of princess Kate's charities that she supports. Um, so I was more than happy when somebody came to me and said, you know what, I heard about this UK and uh, can you ship books to them? I go, absolutely. Yeah. So i um, happy to hear that, you know, they were well received. Um, they actually got the first two books, which was Where Did Papa Go? Obviously an important one for them yeah. about dealing with grief. And then also the last night I had a laugh mare, which was yeah. kind of a, you know, upbeat fun and introduce them to that magical land of Giggleyville, which yeah. is, as I was saying, that's where you have your laugh mirrors. It's where the rest of the books have come from. So, I mean, and that's such a great example for, for each of us to think about, you know, how we can use our skills in our business and our contacts in the business to put people together. So it's, right. it's definitely a win-win scenario. Uh, from a point of view of how that fits with the the whole ethos of your business you know is that one of the primary drivers of what you do or is that more of a just you know an outcome that's come out of it you know did you go into it with the purpose of doing that or has it just evolved over the years because many of us might be wondering if that's something we should just let happen or whether it's something we should actually make a decision about uh, I would say that it's something you should make a decision about. It is a yeah. great, uh, you know, it's a great, it's a win-win for everyone because these children would never have books except for the generosity of these companies. And um, it was, it was an actual, it didn't come out of a situation. It came out of my thinking that where can I send these books that it would benefit people the most? And and, um, and this is, you know, I sent thousands of books, actually, we now send thousands of books to uh, an organization uh, here in the United States called the Pajama Program, which helps children who are in, um, uh, in shelters, yeah, I've heard and about. transitional homes and children in need, basically. And the other program is called Kids Need to Read. Kid Need, Kids Need to Read is another national organization and they help children in underserved schools with underserved schools and underserved libraries. So they help uh, get books to them. I also go into schools and I do author talks. I do a lot of that before COVID. I was in, you know, I was invited into several schools, elementary schools, middle schools, and I talked to children about the books, about the writing process, about the publishing process. Um, and I've also done lots of book clubs. So with COVID, I've done lots of Zoom, uh, yeah. you know, Zoom calls. Now I've done lots of podcasts. So I think it's, uh, 
you know, the one takeaway for me has been, you have to get the word out. However, that works for you. Um, you have to find your books because you could have the best, best books ever, but no one will know they're here. Yeah. And it's interesting you say that I went into our local bookstore. Somebody bought me a book voucher for Christmas. A client bought me a book voucher. Because uh, obviously listeners can't see it, but again, I've got lots of books behind me and I love reading business books. And uh, as I went into the bookstore, you know, you always head for the shelves, that, which are the best sellers. And I was looking at there and right at the back of the business section, there was one of my favorite books. And it's an outstanding, amazing book uh, called The One Thing. And yeah, I love this book. Yet yeah, it was by renowned author, being a bestseller, and there it was on the shelf, right at the back, where nobody else would know it was there. And it's only because I recognised the title that it stood out. And I think you're right. You know, if we, in lots of aspects of our business, if we put things onto the shelf and just expect people to find them, that that's not the way anymore, is it? You know, we, we don't no. live in that kind of world. No, absolutely. I don't know if it ever was even, um, but it certainly isn't now. And you have to be uh, actively in sales, to be honest. You mm -hmm. have to be actively out there. Um, you know, I do, uh, of course, the books are all on Amazon. So that's helpful because people could leave reviews. Uh, mm -hmm. We've got a pretty active website. And, uh, and now actually the books have been picked up. The two young adult books have now been picked up for audibles. So they're ah. now on audible as well. And they're oh. all on Kindle. That's, yeah. check, that's check my box because I, I tend to, and listeners will know this, I tend to listen to books first. And then if it's a good book, then I go and buy the hard copy for reference oh, so, I can, okay. so I can go for it again. So, uh, yeah. so Choices is already available. So, yeah, Choices yeah. is available to listen to. It is available on Audible. And I've got to ask you the question because one of my favorite business authors um, is, is a friend of mine as well, as well Mike McCallowitz, and he re always reads his own books. And I, I was quite disappointed. I, I listened to a book the other day by Dean Graziozzi, and he did the first sort of uh, introduction. Uh, sorry for not knowing what the proper term is for it, but uh, uh, he, the preface, I suppose, uh, he gave. But then the rest of it was read by somebody else. You know, so when it comes to the audio, have you, have you actually, do you do your own audio? Or have you got somebody else to, to read it for you? No, they hired an actress to, okay. uh, to to record the voice. And, you know, again, I was I did try it because I, I thought as you, I thought that might be kind of fun to, uh, yeah. you know, to have the author reading it. Um, but it's not as easy as it seems. It's not just no, reading the book. You know, yeah. they provide sounds, they provide music, you know, listening to uh, the woman that did my voice for Choices. I think she did a great job. She's, you know, uh, here's the other thing that's interesting for me is that I'm thinking, oh, it should be my voice. But the reality is most people don't know what my voice sounds like. So no. if it's another female that's kind of an upbeat, you know, voice, it sounds similar to mine. You know, yeah. wouldn't you, you wouldn't really need the name. No, and, I, and I suppose that's the disappointing thing with the Dean Graziosi book. And Dean, if you're listening to us, I'm sorry. But, you know, the fact that I got, I know Dean's voice, uh, you know, I've been on some of his challenges and then I got it. I got his voice in the first part of the book and then I go to an actor's voice. It's almost that that change of voice is the disappointing thing because you haven't got that consistency, have you? 
Oh, maybe that's it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I, I don't have that. It's all the same voice, so I did not Perfect. have any voice in it. Yeah. But I did speak to the person who's doing the voice, and we were able to chat a little bit about, you know, how to pronounce the names and, um, you know, some of the other. And I was able to pick the person who read the book. And uh, one of the things that was important to me was that it be a voice that was, um, you know, upbeat and that it wasn't, you know, one of the things that I think is tough, I've done a little bit of audio listening and uh, sometimes voices, there are certain voices that can be kind of grating, Yeah. you know, they don't mean to be, but they are. So I just wanted to make sure it wasn't that, uh, but yeah. Um, Good. Good. Well, I'm going to look out for that now. Uh, yeah, listeners, if you've got an Audible account, look out for choices uh, on, on Audible. So just just before we move on to the sort of last couple of questions, from a point of view of publishing, I know a lot of listeners here, you know, they, for many, they're putting the book together, they're writing the book, uh, actually is very often the easy part of it. And uh, you know, you've mentioned there about the importance of marketing it. But there are so many options out there that people seem to get offered for publishing. You know, do you... Do you offer any advice to those listeners on here of where to publish? You know, what would you say to those that are really, that's the thing that's holding them back? Because I think publishing now is one of the things that gets in the way, as you found. What would you say to those listeners that are at that point? Um, you know, I would say, first of all, I would say be careful because mm. there's a lot of vanity presses that really are about just taking your money. They okay. don't do a good job in terms of the process because the process of publishing also involves editing. It involves rewrites. I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot in the process of putting a book together, and so a lot of companies will charge you a lot of money. They won't do a good job, and they'll publish a a, a poor version of your book, whether it's the quality of the paper, whether it's the quality of the print. What if you're doing something in a children's book careful with the, the illustrator because you want the illustrations are very important in a, yeah. in a children's book um so if you have poor illustrations your your story could be great poor illustrations and you've got a poor book yeah. so uh i think that it's uh i think the other thing i would warn people is to understand that it's an expensive process so unless you're willing <laughs> to put some money into it embark on it because you're going to get yeah. frustrated it's uh, it does cost money to do this, and uh, and it's a long process. So, for instance, the children's book. So it takes me, and I've had some experience in the on the publishing end. It takes about a year to put out a children's book. So that's wow. a thirty-page, one line per page, um, and little, and doesn't seem like that would take a lot. The yeah. less you have to write, the more difficult it is, because yeah. then every word becomes important. Um, so you illustrate working with an illustrator. I'm not the illustrator. Some people are fortunate and they're very talented artists as well as writers. So if you're able to do that, that's quite an advantage because then you can do your own illustrations. Uh, but if for most people, you may have to work with an illustrator, that's a whole process because just finding an illustrator and then, you know, the cooperative, uh, working together is something that you you need to learn about it's complicated i would say yeah, yeah, it's it. more complicated than people yes it is so i hate to say this and i hate to discourage anybody um but do your homework i would yeah. say 
make sure the publisher is reputable, find out what other things they've published, um, find, do some comparative shopping, you know, in terms of pricing, um, so find out how much of it you can do to save the cost. Yeah, I, yeah those think, would be some tips for sure. Yeah, yeah and, and lots lots for any, any listeners here, you know, at that point to take away. And I think, you know, an important realization there is to make sure you set your expectations at the right level because all of that yes, be is real. okay. Yeah, be yeah. Yeah, if your expectations are at the right yes. level, then that's yes. going to, all going to be okay, isn't it? So I think you've helped us all set some some very right. realistic expectations. Right. And to keep in mind that there's a big, big marketing uh, uh, is really important. And it also is, uh, again, you need to find a way to create work because you've yeah. spent all this money now, you know, uh, creating a book and you're happy about your book and you know, it's gone well, but now basically you may, you and your family may be the only ones that is around, maybe yeah. some close friends as well. Yeah, yeah, perhaps. So thinking about um, the the way that people can connect with you, you know, you've mentioned your books, you've mentioned where they are, you've mentioned the Audible. What do the listeners need to do to find out more about you and how you can perhaps, you know, help them if you've got any tips that you can share that people can sure. go to a particular place what sure. how do people connect with you that are listening to this sure so uh best way is on our website and my website is www.littleegg l-i-t-t-l-e-e-g-g -G, so two e's there publishing company um and i do have a spot where you can send me uh, a message or an email or you know a question and i will be happy to answer um, you can purchase all the books on our website, as I said, also on Amazon and now a couple on Audible and they're right. all on Kindle. So all those people who love Kindle. Um, yeah, I think that I have a Facebook page. My Facebook page is Little Egg Reads and reads with an S at the end. DS, Little Egg Reads. Yep. So please come on and uh, join me and uh, like the page and follow what we're doing. Fantastic. Um, and then Instagram, I write under J.E. Lawfer. So that's probably important for people to know yeah. that uh, that's my, my author name. Okay. My yeah. would say. And uh, my Instagram is J.E. Lawfer. So, Perfect. yeah, you can get on again. You know, come on Instagram, check out what we've been doing. Um, I've got some great videos. Uh, I also have parent tips. I do have an area where I have articles for parents about parenting. I also have um, coloring pages from the books. So once you purchase the books, or even if you don't purchase the books, you can download the coloring sheets and the kids could what color. What a great idea. So they don't have to ruin the book by coloring it. Um, they can use uh, the coloring sheet. Yeah. Ah, that's great. What a great idea. I love exactly. That. Yes. The story will be read, but you know, it's kind of fun to be able to do a coloring sheet after. And, um, you know, it's, yeah, so those are all free. So there's some really nice free things on the website that you can go on and take a look and, you know, and enjoy. The book Choices, The Young Adult, the first one I wrote, which won the silver medal for young adult readers. There's a video on there, a short little video trailer of the book. And it's a great little video. Um, I put it on Facebook when it first came out. And we had like 100,000 views when it first wow. came on, it was, uh, it's really, I had a company do the video trailer and uh, it was a great, that time period. It's uh, 1956 and the Russians have invaded Hungary. So. Uh, okay. 
Yeah, it's kind of a cute, it's a great video to just sort of get a feel for what story will be about. Yeah. So just I mean, just get the website right. So it's Little Egg Publishing Company. Is that dot com? Yes, dot com. Yeah, dot com. So and just as it, you know, and there are, and people have asked me, is it little with the E and then egg with an E? And I go, yeah, there's two E's. Two E's. He's there. <laughs> so little, yeah, little egg publishing company. And uh, yes, and we've got some great pictures of kids. I love getting pictures of the, of children who have had the books and they send me photos and I put them up on the wall and, um, and I never put any identifying information because I'm a real stickler for safety. So yeah, I always agree. use just the first name of the child, never say where they're from or, but it's fun to see kids who are enjoying reading. Yeah, and... yeah I should imagine. So I'm, I'm going to ask you that you've shared some great tips and some great tips on publishing as well. So thank you for that. Um, is there anything that you feel that going through the business process of the books and, you know, particularly the, the giving, you know, and I'm really, you know, I don't know how to say it really, but I'm so impressed with the way you found the balance of getting the businesses to support those good causes. And I, you know, I, I recommend everybody goes out there with a purpose of doing that. What, what is, if anything, could you share as an extra tip to help us that you've perhaps learned along the way that you feel the listeners could take something away from doing something with themselves? Um, you know, one of the things that I didn't mention before that probably uh, I should say is that it is really important also to send your work to some kind of whether some award, there's plenty of awards out there for, for it's important to have other people besides your friends or family recognize your writing, because that first, first of all, gives you the cost to move ahead, and then also reassures you that, that based on all the writing that's out there, that your writing does have some significance and that people yeah. are liking it and compared to others like you, that you do excel in a certain way and people should be reading your work. So I, yeah. I definitely think it's very important in the marketing boards. One of the ones that I did, Children's Book Awards, and that's a pretty large um, group that does, uh, does awards for children and they've been around for a while and they do international so it's really nice when you're recognized in a category um, and they then also will market you. So they will send Great out newsletters saying, you know what, these are our winners. These are silver medal winners. These are gold medal winners. These are the ones that, you know, that will only help you. So yeah. that's helpful. Plus when you go to a company, if um, connection between the nonprofit and the profit, the way, you know, I did, then it really is helpful also to be able to say, you know what, you are not only helping children, but you're helping them with award-winning books. These are not books yeah. that just nobody would buy. And that's why we're sending them to these children. <laughs> these are books that Good really, point. yeah, that they should be reading and you should feel very proud to be able to send these to the kids because yeah. they wouldn't be able to get them otherwise. Most yeah. of them can't afford the books. Um, you know, the Children in Shelters has been really an amazing program because, uh, you know, these many of them have never, ever had a book of their own. They've always had if they've had a book, it's been passed down from someone else. They've never been able to put their own name in their own book and be the first one to read it. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty, you it know, is. that's a yeah. pretty special feeling for people to have, you know, open that book for the first time and write your name in there. And, you know, and that's something with a with you. Um, just recently, we also launched so that must be might be something that people might like. And that is um, 
recently we uh, we have pillowcases. So we have pillowcases with the characters. So parents okay. could purchase pillowcases and a storybook because many of them are nighttime stories. You know, they're easy to read yeah. at night, bedtime. So a nice pillowcase with all the characters. We have one side with a bunch of characters from the stories and the other side has clouds and uh, like a blue sky and clouds because there are children that are too stimulated by all the color. So if you have a child like that, you might want to flip it on the other side, which is a very calm, quiet side. (laughs) Um, That's done well. And again, we've sent those to the kids as well. The, the, um, the nonprofits have received those as well. So children this miss uh, have received the pillowcases along with the books. And we also have a bear because the, there's a bear that is in almost every story. And the bear is called um, KB Bear or, or BK Bear, sorry, BK Bear, which is Be Kind Bear. And it's promoting the idea of kindness. Yeah. And so this is sort of their reading buddy. Yeah. And it's interesting you say that because I know, you know, there's an organization that I'm involved in um, that uh, support deaf blind children. And, you know, a lot of uh, the children that unfortunately go through this charity. Uh, that are coming from shelters or through shelters and they're taken away from their parents and very often they give them a pack and it they the bear is one of the key issues in that pack so they get a little rucksack with a bear in it and a couple of other things because they're leaving home very often with nothing you know they get taken from their homes and they have nothing you know very often it's just the clothes that they wear and of course they take that bear through the rest of their childhood with them as well uh, and it, you know, it sounds like a very similar cause I, you know, I'll try and dig out the details so I think that would be something that you know perhaps you and I can find some way of supporting sure. that as well. Sure no that I think that people underestimate the value of those small little acts of kindness yeah that definitely. really are very significant for children who are going through difficult times yeah and uh, yeah so you change your uh, life don't you that's the thing you're changing somebody's life you know you're doing something at that moment in time that could affect the rest of their life. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the best thing for an author is to hear from somebody that has read your book and said, oh my God, it was such a great story. I enjoyed it so much. Or, you know, a child who a parent will send me a a note saying, you know, my child woke up and they said they had a laugh mare last night. I mean, Mm. nothing's more fun than that. And then the whole, you know, when your child wakes up and they're in a good and happy and you know that changes the whole dynamics of your family so let's 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 uh, move on to the last question then if if you're going to have your next coffee in a dream location you know your next nespresso or your next uh, iced coffee where would that dream location be as you know many of us are either in lockdown going into lockdown coming out of lockdown as we record this it's so nice to put ourselves particularly with a story writer aspect of this put ourselves in somewhere special where would that dream location be judy so that's a pretty easy one for me because my very very favorite place is somewhere we go quite often and it is coronado california i don't know if you've ever you've ever heard of it or you've ever been there no no tell us tell us more yeah coronado is a small little um well it's more like a peninsula but it's called an island uh and it's off of san diego And it's kind of this little world in its own. And I think really, I do a lot of my writing there and it's right off the ocean. The ocean is kind of uh, all over, you know, all around you. And it's a lovely little town. It's a very, it used to be a very sleepy, quiet little town. It 
has developed in the last few years. But it's, um, you know, when we first started going there, it was very much uh, old time USA in the sense that it was, you know, the old, they had a big camera and it was a place to go and not worry about walking by themselves. It was, uh, it was a throwback to the 50s, Correct. you know, so uh, it has developed since then, but it's still such a quaint, lovely little seashore town. Um, and it has the old, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Hotel Del Coronado. Have you heard of that? Mm, I have. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the famous Del Coronado is right there and it's a beautiful property and they wow. have, you know, been redoing it year after year, but it's, uh, you know, all the old famous movie stars have been there over the years and they have pictures of the old movie stars. And, Sounds amazing. But the area itself is just, uh, just magnificent in terms of the ocean and yeah, beautiful. So for me, Coronado, California. Yeah, and, <laughs> and you've I created, <laughs> and you've created such a beautiful picture there. You know, we all want to go there and uh, and soak up oh, that. My, my uh, books are all at the library, by the way, in Coronado. Oh, even better, oh, even better. And who knows? Yeah, you know, we might see you there writing as well. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes, you probably yeah. beautiful park for kids. Yeah, no. So thank you very much for, for giving up your time, Judy. Uh, really do appreciate you giving us some great tips of perhaps for the budding authors, for people who are wondering about uh, publishing, but also some ways in which I think we can live our lives and run our businesses where we can find that, that bigger purpose. So thank you very much for sharing that. And listeners, I'm sure you've taken some great value away from Judy today. So thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. And of course, you know, this is part of my mission to help businesses around the globe become better aware, better educated. And we've had plenty of that. And we've talked about Colombian coffee as well, which is even better. And I'm sure we're all going to do some Googling after this podcast and make sure, most importantly, that you do something with what you've heard. You know, think about those causes that you can support. You know, go out there, make a difference. And, you know, what a joy to do something which you get that feedback that you've made a difference in somebody's life, uh, no matter what that difference is. And I really encourage you to do that. And I look forward to having you all on the next podcast. Bye for now. <laughs>